0: Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Murphy, joined by one of the regular rugby crew tonight. We have Sam. Westy's not available for this one, so he'll be back next week, though, I'm sure. Uh, We're here to recap uh, the first round of the Champions Cup. Bit of European rugby for us uh, to chat about Sam, which is great. But first of all, Sam, how are you? How was your weekend?
1: I'm distraught now. Westy's not here. Uh, I think the the people, the listeners will have their... uh this cold winter night warmed up with my hot takes now that there's no one here to rein me in with uh, some solid solid well articulated arguments and facts but uh, i feel like westy kind of brings the brings the the proper rugby analysis the good understanding and the properly articulated version of the game to us i bring ridiculous optimism and overly stupid hot takes and you bring the structure and i think that's that's the dynamic so this could this could go all sorts of ways (laughs)
0: Yeah, Westy Westy's great with uh, his words. He, oh, Westy uh, has he, words. He knows man. some. Yeah, he's wordy. He drop the other day.
1: What was the last one he dropped? Oh, uh, it's
0: you know. I was. I can't remember. That's how. That's how good of a, word, a word it was. That's how big it was. And he. Uh, he also brings you know good looks, great hair. Uh, just you know all of the above. Uh, but yeah, you know, he'll be back. Don't worry. Um, for all the for all the fans out there, the Westy fans. Uh, but yeah, yeah European Cup uh, to to recap a great win for Connacht. Uh, we were at the game yesterday in a pretty good, the weather was great we were expecting sort of a worse It was supposed to be a, a, a weather warning for wind coming in, it didn't really, it was windier than it looked but it wasn't too bad for Galway standards uh, pitch, which is the, saying a lot
1: The pitch was definitely very windy like the ball was going all sorts of ways and there 10 couldn't hit touch for love nor money and he hit a halfway line penalty in the first half but then in the stand where we were it was actually quite pleasant and mild, <laughs> sheltered no rain really and no wind to talk, speak of in the in the uh, stand. We were in the main stand, so it was uh, great. I'd say some of it, the way the wind looked like it was going. Some of the clan stand might have been getting a bit of a battering. And uh, ball was the ball was moving that direction, all right. But uh, tell you where there was windy. Now it was on the motorway on the way to Atlowan straight after the game. It was uh, that was a treacherous old drive. You know, I had chicken roll in one hand, can coke in the other, trying to steer with the knees. that's <laughs> like, really.
0: more of the reason it was treacherous than the wind. <laughs> the the fact the, you were multitasking. Game
1: on. This is a monster game on the radio and.
0: We'll get to that. We'll get to that later on. Um, shout out to, before we get stuck into the game, shout out to the guy in the stands, we didn't catch his name, who was watching the Formula One on his phone uh, and let us watch in because uh, we were missing it. And of course, it was like the most exciting race ever. Uh, but uh, yeah, shout out to him. We didn't get his name, but thank you for being uh, a generous soul. Uh, Connacht uh, beating Stade Francais, uh, on, on uh, Yesterday, 36 points to nine. Um, wasn't this was a close game for about 60 minutes 36-9 looks like a bit of a hammer and towards the end it definitely was Stad kind of gave up towards the end Uh, but like competitive game like we were worried up you know 50-60 minutes into the game
1: yeah definitely worried I think there was a point it was about 19-9 where Stad really looked like they were putting on the pressure and kind of were making one big last go about trying to get a try and get back within a score and push it to Connacht and the type of thing that I think Stad, if they'd done their homework, would know that, like, Connacht of old would have capitulated if they had conceded that try, because that's happened to us a few times where we've conceded a try and then, you know, duffed a restart and conceded another and that sort of thing. So uh, the I said it to you and you were like, don't jinx it, don't jinx it. But the defensive set at 19-9, we, we were relentlessly defending between our own halfway line and 22, and then we'd drive them back. We hit a big kick down and we'd defend again between their 22 and our 22 for a while it was brilliant. It was the way, the way that we defended was so, it was so kind of aggressive, yet really well structured. Everyone seemed to know their positions inside out and everyone was doing so well. So I think that just, that kind of quelled any chance or quashed any chance of them pushing on from nineteen nine and t- trying to get back into the game. And then Friendy said it a few times this season already, he said, you know, we, we want to be the fittest, team on the pitch we want to be able to finish strong and i think that like if you look at our stats this year we do score quite a lot of late tries and we got those what they call in the nfl those garbage time tries we got some good tries towards the end after the bonus point try was scored masters and hill Gallon with a lovely finish really smart off uh marmion and then Prendergast as well it was just great to see Prendergast score <laughs> he looked like he was a there's a gift going around of him waving he he, he rivals westy for haircuts now in fairness he. It was majestic in his celebration. So oh, it was an overall a great day, but yeah, definitely not as easy as the scoreline would say. Yeah. And I was really impressed with everything.
0: Yeah, there were it was as you said before. Like we've we've seen a couple of there was a couple of opportunities op- opportunities for a Connick to be a classic Connick. As you say, like you know they fuck up something and then they compound the error. Like the, you know prime example was Or Mcnulty in the first half. he, he didn't do a great clearance kick. Uh they broke through the line, but he made the tackle, you know, he made the cover and tackle as a, as the full back, a really good cover and tackle, stuff like that where you you know, you don't compound the error with another one. That that's kinda of conect on on their bad days. We saw that, you know, against the Dragons um and against Leinster as well, you know, you, you make a mistake and then make another one straight after it, which is which is never good. But uh, no, I thought there was great performances all over the pitch. The pack, like Stade Francais were a big, meaty, bloody pack. We were we were confident on the game. They were big boys, uh, and you saw that in the mall. Like you know the. Uh, the Connacht Mall never kind of progressed at all. Uh, their mall, in the second half, especially, was making ten, fifteen yards every mall. Uh, and the scrum was very hit and miss. I don't know. We were kind of commenting on the game. We didn't know if it was the referee was just doing lucky pick because you know they started off strong in the scrum. Then we kind of won a few penalties, and then Stad won a few towards towards the end again. Um, but we were we commented on selection as well, Sam. Friendly and the, and, and the coaching staff they're not necessarily picking our biggest strongest pack, they want mobility, they want the pack moving around the pitch and we, we saw that kind of come to fruition in the last 20 minutes yesterday didn't we?
1: Yeah definitely I think you could see that they were they were huge, there was players they were bringing on there was the, the 18 I said in particular Paul, Allo, Emil, I'm looking at his name here and there was another, there was a second row came on as well, they were absolutely monstrous and you know our biggest player on the pitch really was Ushin Dowling who is a big big guy you know but beside Nile Murray, they are still quite young in terms of being second rows, and they don't give necessarily that same bulk that maybe a Quinn Rue would have done or, you know, a uh, Jean Klein would do in Munster. And that's that was probably the the difference in terms of those malls. But the malls, even though we were pushed back a good bit, there was only one really that looked like it was going to really affect us. I think our mall has been very strong all season. And we've, you know, we've not conceded half as many mall tries. We have not conceded any mall tries compared to what we had done uh, last season and you know it's been steady it was getting moved back but i think that the structure was still there it took about 20 yards before we gave advantage whereas last season you would have been seeing advantage after two three yards and collapsing all over the place so really i was impressed with that and how they answered it and you say we didn't get any go forward ball we didn't get any go forward ball until we got all of the go forward ball in one go (laughs) inside their 22 and it just got it It didn't end up in a try because it would have been such a good try for the forwards because like you said they were smaller much smaller but I think to a man, they all stood up and really they showed their worth. I thought Jared Butler had his best game at eight and his best game in a while for us. He's kind of, kind of gotten a little bit back more to the Butler we know and love. Uh, And I thought I was was so impressed with Jordan Duggan when he came on, we've been shouting and singing his praises for a good while now, you know, well over a year. I think that he did make a difference in the scrum because the scrum was going down and that's no, no slight on Matthew Burke because he's been brilliant all season as well. But I think Duggan is just a very, very good scrummager, and what he does bring is steady the ship. So I was impressed with that, but you know, to a man, every single player, uh, especially in the forwards, there they stood up and they they were counted, and it really made a difference.
0: Yeah, I think uh, let's talk about the lineup because the lineup was incredible yesterday for Conant. Between Murray and Prendagas, you've got a really great duo there. Murray on the defensive end. You called one Sam perfectly. like, we're going to throw up Murray at two and uh, and try and do that. And said, this is this is when Stad Small was really uh, giving us trouble, and you know he. Putting him up a two is so good. He's so big and tall that you really need to nail the throw. And the stat, the throw was just a bit soft and a bit kind of wafty. And Murray got up, you know, and uh, interrupted it, disrupted it, uh, and you know it was huge because you know if they had got that ball and got them all going, that was going to be a certain try or at least a penalty. Uh, and Prendergast as well. Prendergast reminds me a lot of O'Mahony in the sense that he's not, you know, he's he's not by any means light, but he's much probably easier to throw up than the likes of Murray or Dowling. Uh, so you can get him up quick, and he's got great hands, and it was just such a weapon, like like I said, we didn't really get them all going, but we were running loop plays and all that, but it was such, it was a consistent, steady base to to launch attacks from, and it was just great to see, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, um, I said it to you, I really like the loop plays that we're playing off, it quite often we go down and look like we're about to set up a mall so you engage their forwards, and then you give it to you the hooker coming around, or one of the front three pod coming around, and then even sometimes there's a back inside to like a blade or a marmion, so it's Really impressive. The uh the thing that made it take all was that Delefons throwing was just phenomenal. He was hitting the back of the line out. It looked twice or three times like it was almost over Prendergast, but the timing was impeccable. Like between the throw, the jump, and the lift, it was uh, it was so well worked. And that, that gave us such a good attacking platform because when you hit the back of the, the line out like that, you've you're so much more of the pitch to work with. On the defensive side of things, uh, I think you get Murray up, he gets in the way. But what we did in the first half which I don't think was on purpose, but I think it benefited us a fair bit because when we stopped doing it, we started getting dominated in the malls was We started going up and just, you know, giving away free kicks and penalties for being illegal. Cause even if we weren't getting the ball, we were disrupting it. We were getting a hand on, we were kind of jumping across and putting them off a little bit. And they were trying and trying more and more things, you know, going straight to the front or going straight, like really quick up at two or trying to go over the top and missing completely because we were showing that we'd be disruptive. And, You know, I know it gave away a couple of frees, but I think it was a really tactically smart thing to do because when we stopped doing that and we started trying to engage them in balls, that's when they started getting the upper hand and you started using that size. So the line with the fours, you can only compliment them this season on the improvement from last season in terms of those, those sort of small little margins. I don't think that there's probably much different happening from what there was last year, but I think everyone's just probably a little bit more aware of their various jobs. And I think some players like Murray and Dowling are really they're flourishing in this system. And you, like you said, you're leaving out the bigger lads that the Lev feet, unfortunately was injured and dropped off the bench, but Abraham Papali has not been involved. And that's allowing these kind of more mobile guys to do their thing. And they don't seem like they're being overpowered. wholly, really this season yet. Like I, I and Porter had a bit of a go at us and the bulls tried and nothing happened. And then at, in this game Stad, you know, maybe they got a couple of malls, but they didn't really overpower us too much. Like there was didn't score anything other than penalties. So I'm, I'll take that.
0: Yeah, exactly, and yeah, it was just fantastic to watch. Jack uh, Carti man of the match. He had a, another three assist uh, game, which I think he's the only person in, to have multiple. And I think he's got like four games now. I think with three assists at least. Um, as you were saying, pulling the strings. Like he didn't have his. It wasn't perfect by no means, but he's he's gotten his game to such a great level now, where even like the days where he's not, uh, you know, firing all cylinders for all the game, he's still putting in man of the match performances, and he. He just makes this backline tick, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. And like, I was dwelling on it a little bit yesterday at the match, kind of going and getting a bit like, oh no, when he hit, kicked it straight out uh, and you think, oh, it's going to be one of those days. But you you have to be really impressed with his his mental strength because in the past that would have affected him and he would have gone into a shell a little bit. But I think he's actually just going, so what, it's a mistake. It's two seconds out of an 80 minute game and I'll just move on to the next one. And I've seen we've seen that this year. Like he doesn't seem to, shy away from trying things again or you know com- continuing to play with that that expansive style that we we know and love and that was that was a seriously impressive side of his game yesterday and I think that because I was dwelling on that I underappreciated how good he was He got man of the match and then I was watching it back earlier on uh, just skipping through kind of just looking at some of the bits he really did, does bring in everyone you see at points wooten running off his wing trying to get a crash ball off nine but actually what he's doing is he's like freeing up Carty out the back. We saw a try he scored off at the other, uh, the last day in the sports ground, and they were doing it again. He was bringing in the Sammy Arnold so well. And what he was doing with Sammy Arnold was giving him these really quick, like little pluses. So he was getting the ball and taking it up to the line and giving it to Sammy Arnold. Sammy was taking in two, three defenders, and that was freeing up Bolton in the first half. And then Kilgallen in the second half was getting a lot of uh, good ground off the back of that style of play. So what he's doing is bringing in the play so well. And I think that this weekend, we we'll get onto the Munster and Ulster games uh, and Leinster games later on. But I think this weekend, it's just another really, really good step for Carty in terms of that hunting down that Irish, you know, backup tender as you're being involved in that Irish squad, because it went really well for him. And I think that like, you know, the others maybe didn't have as good a weekend and, you know, unfortunate injury for Joey Carberry, but you got to love those passes as well in that sort of win to try that path and then to try it again. And even though it wasn't the best of passes, Yeah, Wooten trusted it. He watched the bounce and he was calm and collected and he scored his try. And that those sort of things, he's just he's doing them weekly at this stage. brilliant.
0: Yeah. Watching Wooten in in person is funny because half the time he just spends trying to warm up because he's like freezing. And then like, yeah, we saw him, he met a dart into the midfield. He just wants the ball. You know what I mean? And he's calling for crossfield kicks that are never
1: on. If you're listening, Jack Cardi, against against the Ospreys, it was never on but he was calling for it. he has his hand up for the crossfield kick on that on that sideline all game just give him one come on man he's i don't
0: think i've actually seen him call for one that's on it's always he's always marked he's always yeah. like never overlapping it's wooten, like, but you know
1: he just wants the ball i think we'll see more of wooten uh, the next couple of weeks he was obviously didn't didn't play for a while at the start of the season and he's probably sitting at home watching Mac getting all the plaudits going, you know, that was me last year. Like I was doing that. Don't forget about Woots. So like, you know, with him, Porchy Mac, McNulty playing the way he is, Healy to come back. Like what a, what a wealth of talent, Kill Gallen, Freaking nature. I was looking him up, just kind of want to talk about him today because he scored a second try the season. He scored one, that really good intercept against Ulster. And there was an, in, there was a, an article or an interview with uh, that lad who you met, Greg O'Shea, the guy who did the, this, I'm the, what was it? Not, Ireland, yeah, and he played sevens for Ireland. He's after retiring recently, and he was talking about him because Kilgallen came up into the seven squad, and he said all his metrics and stuff. He said he's a freak athlete. He said he's probably one of the best athletes he's ever seen, uh, and for a sevens player, like an international sevens player, went to the Olympics to say something like that. You got to be really positive about this. Like this it's is
0: a, it's a high standard to be impressed by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just looking at the. I have the article open from the Champions Cup website. Uh, and it says, and I'm just reading it here, it says, uh, Andy I begin this assault the Frontier 22 with Finley Beelham nearly threatening down. Sorry, Finlay Beelhorn. Not even <laughs> Finley Beelham. First of all, it wasn't playing, and second yeah. of all, it's Beelham, not Beelhorn. Uh, so, uh, I don't know who wrote this article, but uh, maybe do some more research. Uh, but, uh, yeah, another massive uh, thing from the game was our boy Porchy is back. Uh, after a few weeks out getting a surgery on his was it his knee I think it was his knee. knee yeah it was just a clean out though nice it nice wasn't yeah big quick turnaround uh um, i back you know we often said he doesn't score enough tries for like how good he is and the positions he gets himself in on the wing obviously probably a bit more chance to to, to dot down the tries but um he was fantastic he was you know uh, a great again great chasing under the high ball. Um, defensively as well, never makes mistakes. It was just great to see him back. Uh, it, it, as you said, it's a test to our our depth. Out like he was out for two weeks, and we have cover. We have enough talent there to you know when he's not there that we have him. And
1: he wasn't supposed to be playing. It was part of that five changes later on. You know, we we heard changes the day before the game, five changes to the original starting lineup. So I think he was they wanted to rest him, but to come back and to bounce back from having a small in um, small uh, operation like that and an injury. First game and what, you know, it was before the international break. He would have played, so that's about seven weeks at this stage. to so have a game like he had, score the try that he did. And like you said, his kick chase, I think, is probably the, the, the best thing about his game because he's capable of contesting in the air, which he does, and he nearly got a brilliant one. But what he does if he doesn't contest in the air, I don't think I've ever seen him miss that open field tackle that happens when the fullback catches it. He's so good at getting there and making those little ankle-catching tackles in the open field. And that gives you such a good platform because Jack Carty is able to kick so well. His, his ta- his tactical kicking is brilliant. And some of it wasn't at the weekend, but even then you just kind of believe that he's doing it on purpose and trying to suck in the, uh, the wingers or something. Cause he went down the middle three or four times, which to me just kind of seemed like it must've been on purpose, but it was like, I know whatever the, the tactic was, you have someone like Portree chasing up on that side and Wooten on the other side. Cause he's a beast as well. It's a, oh, it's such a good, it's such a good thing to have on the wings. Like,
0: and he had a he had an insane fifty twenty two as well, <laughs> and in the second half that was like just judged a win perfectly. It was just it was just fantastic. But, just
1: before fifteen twenty two, he's the one that kept their penalty. Yeah, they, they tried to kick the touch. He went up, battered back inside to himself. The booted out. He so came 22. from like
0: he came from the ground track there to get it, and he he got it uh but yeah, it was just some great performances all around the pitch as you said since since they've announced sammy's going to breathe he's like been incredible uh like i wonder is there any way we could maybe cancel our contract
1: I, uh i think even before that like i said as soon as it was announced i said we'll miss him because i think last season before his, i think it was pectoral injury uh, he was brilliant he was playing on the wing and at 13 and sometimes at 12 and it was, he's so good he's so versatile he's such a good player but like he can't you can't Give out about him Taking a three-year contract It's like You know It's seemingly The Irish career Is over for him So take that contract Take the money You have to do it But God Like I know Like we have Bundy at 12 But you don't get enough Bundy as you want Because of the International Kind of Stipulations On amount of time You can play He's, he's going to be a big miss Like you know And you want to hope That maybe Bolton keeps going The way he is And comes into A bit more of Playing more of a 12 Or you know Between Daly and Farrell Like you definitely Have the depth there But just you, you'd be lose now on such aggression. I think he brings such a good at like between himself and Oliver, they're just tackling machines. They they love contact. I think that if there was no ball on the pitch, they'd be just as happy playing rugby. <laughs> just gets
0: in the way of that ball. <laughs> uh but yeah bonus point as we said we you know uh, they scored uh thirty six points for points you know difference is gonna be huge as well Good. Going now into this weekend against uh, Leicester, Sam. Obviously, it's going to be a tough place to go. They're fly in flying form away in England. Connacht are not exactly known for uh, getting a lot of points. Uh, what a losing bonus point is going to be. Even that is going to be a huge result on Sunday if they can get it.
1: Yeah, with the form the Leicester on, it would be massive. I think the Leicester game last year took us a bit by surprise because they were off form going into it, and then they just stepped up and that that level of physicality kind of couldn't deal with. My, my one kind of reason for optimism about the game is we don't look to engage physically that way this year. You know, we, we've we avoided touch with a lot of our clearance kicks and trendy and Carty both said that that is a tactic that they're doing. They're, they're kicking the tram lines instead of touch because they want to keep the ball in play for as long as possible. And th- we've been relentless. Their defensive structures have been really well set up, but they've not relied on... Scoring mall tries are not relied on picking and going over the twenty-two because it's not part of the 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 skill set that they they have, or it's not the main attribute of the skill set they have. And I think that 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 could be a shining light for us because if you you kind of if you get a nice day and you're able to get the ball around and you got Carty pulling the strings the way he does, and you have you know maybe one or two uh more players brought back in because there was a lot missing at the weekend. I know that the stad made twelve changes, but we lost a good few players. and We've had a couple of players out with injury, so. I think that there is definitely a chance for optimism. A bonus point away at Leicester in this Champions Cup, but these five points that we got against Stad is definitely a great result. But uh, I don't see why if we play like that or we play the way we did against the Ospreys or the Bulls, you know, you can't try and sneak a win there away at Leicester, which would be massive. Like, I think that we're riding the crest of a wave at the moment in terms of every player seems to be enjoying playing and seems to be playing well. Like, I don't think 1-23 to 23 really, there was anyone that did much wrong at all or any anything wrong, really. I think the only person... You could in any way fault, and this isn't trying to pick on one person. I think Matthew Burke, when replaced by Jordan Duggan, the scrums shored up for sure. But I don't think Burke was having a bad game at all. And I don't think was doing there was a foot wrong. And I think that all the subs made a positive impact. So why not go for it? Uh, Like a bonus, like you say, a losing bonus point away would be brilliant. You know, four score bonus point away would be brilliant. Whatever you can get, definitely take it. But I'm going into it with a little bit of optimism.
0: Oh yeah, confidence is definitely high. You can see, even even the Leinster game, they looked like they were brimming with confidence. It just didn't work out. But bouncing back after that loss to beat a stad like that is just fantastic. So yeah, going into next weekend, then hopefully yeah, uh, we'll be watching uh, on uh, hopeful. Uh, We move on to uh, Ulster. uh, Came away with a fantastic win away to Claremont. uh, Winning by 29 points, 23. A little bit controversial towards the end, but we'll get into that. But overall... Ulster weird, weird this season. Very Connacht-like in their, you know, inconsistencies. You know, losing to Ospreys, beating Leinster. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't have given them a, a great chance against Claremont away. It's a tough place to go, especially with you. you don't know what Ulster's going to show up. But they, like for the overall that game on 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 Saturday, they were fantastic. They were really good to watch. Their big players showed up. Cooney was fantastic again. James Hume keeps. It keeps me, uh, it keeps me optimistic that we're going to see him in, a, in an Irish jersey more and more. That thirteen role, he was absolutely fantastic. The likes of Larry were fantastic. We saw Dwayne Romulins, um, you know, introduction his debut, uh, for for Ulster. It was only fifty minutes, but I think that's all you could really ask from him after recovering from COVID. I uh, probably didn't get a lot of training in as well, and after the, the the whole Barbarians thing. So, um, but over overall, Sam, impressive from Ulster.
1: Yeah, really impressive. I thought that, uh you know. Cooney with that kick at the end then to just make it into uh, 29-23 was phenomenal. Throughout, across the pitch, I I thought they were really, really good. I thought maybe Billy Burns was a little bit quiet. Uh, I think that he's kind of, he's unfortunately, like we were really high on him when he got into the Irish team originally because I thought he was making Ulster tick. And I think that he's kind of maybe found it a bit difficult because Cooney was out for so long and Cooney's come back and maybe with Cooney running the show the way he had been, previous to the injury it was allowing Billy Burns to just do his own thing and flourish a little bit more and he might have struggled without Cooney inside him so hopefully he gets kind of back to the way he was but uh other than him no uh McCluskey like I said last week I think when McCluskey is firing I think it ma- it makes Ulster fire and I think McCluskey was having a great day and that allows Hume to play and that brings in Balakou and brings in McElroy, and brings in Lowry and once, once McCluskey's kind of doing well, I think Ulster start to do well. And that's, that's the, the downside to Ulster, I think, is when McCluskey's not doing well, I think that that nullifies a lot of their game plan. But he was, yeah, he was definitely on it. Uh, and they were all, they were all brilliant. I thought uh, it, was a, it was a tidy performance from Vermeulen, kind of more of a signs of things to come than a really big impact. But that's to be understood, given the circumstances around the COVID and the being away with South Africa, probably not knowing the first names of some of the players he was playing with in terms of how much time he's had to to train with them. Uh, but no, on the whole, I think that they could be really happy. You said, you don't know what Ulster is going to show up this season. I think that they, the first couple of games they were winning, but they weren't necessarily playing well. And they were kind of flattering to deceive a bit. And then kind of really gave them a lesson, which I think lit a fire under them. And then they went out to Leinster and they decided to, you know, just make amends for that. So, for Ulster's sake, if I was an Ulster fan, I'd like to see it steady out a little bit and kind of come to just a, a nice median uh, of where they're going to play out for the rest of the season, instead of having these massive highs. And then, you know, next week having a big low, like I think, is it Northampton they have next week who were absolutely cat against Racing, but you wouldn't put it past Ulster this season to not show up in that game and to maybe like dog it out and not even get something. So if I was an Ulster fan, I'd like to see Ulster just, just revert and just kind of get to a, a nice steady median and play, play to their strengths and, bring in Balakou and McIlroy and Lowry a bit more because they're they're so exciting. That, that back three is ridiculous. And it's a back three you could see and would like to see starting for Ireland at some point in our game because how exciting would that be? Like Lowry is just, for a man of his stature, for a man of his size, is brilliant. He's he, not just in terms of his running because I think sometimes small lads like that can, they can look brilliant because they can run positively, but he's actually defensively so capable. And I was listening to you on the Ulster Lad podcast good few months ago at this stage. And he was talking about Mac, uh, Lowry as a potential 10. You definitely see that because he links up play really well. He brings other players into it. He's not just looking to break the line or go. He's also looking to bring in his players and he come into the line and play as a second playmaker at points as well. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really well-stocked team. And I think that they could definitely compete and they, they have a nice fixture now against Northampton. And then after that, you know, you got two wins from two, if they get it, it'd be brilliant.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Billy Burns a bit more because um, I noticed, because I tweeted that he wasn't having a great day at the office and um, he was totally outshone by JJ in, in most of the moments during that game. Um, I, I noticed from on Twitter a lot of the Ulster fans definitely were not happy with him either, you know, it hasn't been really his performances. Literally since he got picked for the Irish team have really dipped, I'm sure maybe confidence just isn't high. Uh, we all know what happened during those Irish games you know a lot of stuff didn't go his way and it it looks like he hasn't recovered from it there are options you mentioned there Mike Larry, you know potentially going in at 10 like Ulster have Stockdale to come back Uh, Will Addison uh, they're both two quality full backs we were talking about potentially I think Ross Burns' contract is up at the end of this season uh, for Leinster, potentially maybe making a is. Aim.
1: Is Carberry's at Munster as well? I think I heard somewhere.
0: I yeah, I think it is too because I've seen a lot of people saying he should go back to Leinster, and I was like, okay, um, but. Wait, specif- where? Are they I know, like? yeah, but specifically with Burns, like, how how long do you stick with this until you you look elsewhere? You, like even not even like going elsewhere, but like the, the likes of Larry there, you know, in your in your team already when the likes of Stockdale and Will Allison are back. Would you try him at 10? I, I'm assuming Madigan is injured, but still Madigan at this stage of his career probably isn't going to be the answer long-term. Um, what would you like to see them do or what do you think would be their best option?
1: Yeah, the Madigan one's a bit strange because I don't know about an injury. Like, Correct me if I'm wrong, any uh, Ulster fans there, but I just haven't heard of him now this season really. So you know, you'd presume that's an injury. Uh, I could look it up, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to go, I presume and get away with it. Uh, I wouldn't move Lowry. No, I think he's just flying so high at 15. I wouldn't get in the way of that trajectory. Maybe, you know, coming into a new season, you'd move him, but I wouldn't move him this season at all. Like if he's playing as well as he is, and Addison has yet to prove that he can stay fit. And that's unfortunate for him because he's, he looks an absolute brilliant player when he is fit but it's just not happened for him and Stockdale in my opinion is a winger and I don't think he's good enough fullback and I don't think he should try and be moving to fullback to play if he wants to continue with his Irish career because there's a lot of good fullbacks there's Keenan there and Carberry's potentially a fullback and Lowry's looking I think a more natural fullback than he is so you know you've you want to see like Or McNulty might be in some sort of conversation if he continues to play the way he is and so there's plenty, there's plenty of talent on the island. So I think if Stockdale wants to continue his Irish career, he wants to be as devastating as he can be, he'd stay on the wing. So if, if I was Lowry and if I was the coaching team up in Ulster, I wouldn't be moving him to 10. Uh, I'd let, I'd see out the season with Billy Burns and you know Madigan and then look, maybe if Burns's form doesn't improve, look to the likes of a uh, Rothburn or I don't know how long JJ Hanrahan contract in Claremont, but he looks like an exciting player and he looks like the type of player that could like flourish with a Hume and a McCluskey. And I know Munster fans will be like we told you this already And it's like I know you, you told me But I didn't trust him when he was at Munster I've seen 10 seconds of him for Claremont So obviously my opinion has completely changed And I'm like yeah get him back But no there's 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 a great player in Billy Burns We've seen it and we were, we were all really high on him When he got into the Irish squad I, I was saying at the time he was probably the second best 10 in the country He was playing so well He was playing more consistently well than Jack Hardy was at the time playing a similar style of game. But I just, like I said earlier, I think he definitely felt the effects of Cooney not being inside him for the start of this season and since the injury at the end of last season because Cooney was so integral to the way that Ulster were playing. And Cooney was running the show and everyone was talking about him in that uh, Le Petit Général role, which is essentially doing the things the Tens do, which is run the game, which allowed Billy Burns to then be a link between him and the rest of the back line. So without Cooney inside him, Maybe he felt a little bit more pressure. Maybe, you know, the confidence was low after the Irish camp and that's affected him. So I'd give him the rest of the season. I'd see now Cooney's back and Cooney looks like he's back to his best. You know, he, he was class the weekend. So I'd, I'd let Billy Burns kind of grow into it. And if you need to have a conversation at the end of the season, there are players around. There are, you know, like you said, a Ross Byrne or potentially a Joey Carberry. Or if a Joey Carberry moves up to Leinster, you could be looking at maybe a Frawley or one of those. Like there's, there's plenty of players um, just don't come knock the contact because we're not giving you Jack Hardy. He signed for three years,
0: Jack. Yeah, Jack wouldn't go. I don't think anyway. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 good points and it's 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 interesting to see what they do with that because they have options for sure. Um, but we'll see. Billy Burns could still be the answer. Um, move on to uh, Munster uh, as a way to was come out on top, thirty five points of fourteen. This was a great win uh, for Munster. Obviously, their their struggles have been well uh, documented. But I, I will say this. And, uh, like, if you hadn't seen the team sheet and listened to the media and some Munster fans and whatnot, you would have swore that, like, those 14-year-olds uh, lining out uh, and O'Mahony would have called those 14-year-olds <laughs> fuckers <laughs> in a video. But here's some of the names that are on this, Mon- this this Munster team that was, you know, scraped together. Dave Kilcoyne, Tyg Byrne, Peter O'Mahony, Conor Murray, Keith Earls, Joey Carbery, Damien Alenda, Chris Farrell, Andrew Conway. This is not. This is not a bunch of chumps. You know what I mean. This is like definitely they're 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 five. There are definitely an experience, and it was a great win. Uh, you know, in in Munster fashion. Um, but like Wasp were also obliterated uh, with their squad as well. Like this is not. It's just uh, like this 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 monster thing of like it's us against the world all the time, and it's like no you still you still have some incredible you've got Tess Lions on that team, uh, just chilling. So it was great win. Uh, I, I I didn't see the the whole of the game because I was in murty Rabbit at the time. Uh, but no, it was they're they're very good monster at motivating themselves. You know when it comes to games like this, and it works. You know that they. They go with a wasp get a, get a, and get a win, a, a bonus point win, which is not to be sniffed at. But um, what did you think? Am I, am I being a monster hater here or is that a fair uh, assessment?
1: No, do you remember in uh, the last dance when Michael Jordan made up a story about someone and then was like, and then I took that personally. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that, it is, yeah. That's what they're doing. They're creating the siege mentality. It was, yeah, it was really smartly done. Like, obviously there was a lot, uh, a lot of, changes up to the the regular training schedule and the players that they had available and the coaching staff they had available and it, it was definitely a back-to-the-wall job for them throughout the week going into it it looked like a really tough task but the more and more covid that came out of the wasps camp and injuries and pan injuries i think it did start to even itself out a fair bit so i think uh, like i think you're looking at a very inexperienced group of players in munster mixed in with a very experienced group of players and fair play to some of those inexperienced players because there were some brilliant performances. I was so impressed by you. your man at fullback was a, a Patrick Campbell. Uh, he scored a great try. He looked an absolute like star in the making, really athletic looking. Like The way he was running was, he was so strong, so straight, straightened up the line so well for his try. He took it really, really well. Um, I, What happens every time a new player bursts onto the scene is it's a race to write the article about how he played minor GAA. And of course, that that article came out instantly. As like, every player that plays in Ireland is probably athletic enough to have played a decent standard of GAA, so we just don't need that article anymore. It's done. But no, like I think Munster can definitely feel very proud. They went to a tough place to go, Wasps, even though they had all the injuries. weren't going to want to roll over at home. Uh, Brad Shields definitely uh, tried his hardest and got got that for them because that was just so silly. Like it wasn't just that he the way in which he tackled upright very very little hinge or mitigation he decided to try and dominate the tackle as well so he we went straight up into him as well as kind of being upright which is just you're not going to get away with it like so what, why try it like we we've defended some upright tackles because they are trying to hinge they're they're trying their hardest and it's just unfortunate that wasn't that wasn't unfortunate and the way the commentators i watched it back at bt it was they were really silly in the way they were discussing it they were kind of trying to make excuses for it and say that it wasn't so. I, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that, but on the whole, a lot of really, really good performances from uh, Munster. And they're now put themselves in a really enviable position where they have 12 lads who had never played for Munster before have a win in Europe under their belt. So they're all going to f- figure themselves as Billy really big balls and they're going to go into training and they're going to kind of really push and try and say, you know what? I did a job for you. I deserve to be included in any conversations. It's going to up the standard across the board. so So they've, they've benefited from a really tough uh, position where they were at the start of the week when they were looking down at this game, thinking we have no players really to pick from outside of a small number of experienced players. They now have a load of players who are really, you know, feeling super motivated, really happy with how they played excited for it and just want to have a taste for it. And now want, want to keep pushing on. So you know, from the rest of the province's point of view and so from any other team point of view, like that's that's an ideal outcome for the situation. You know, we heard like how the URC changing has stopped players getting their debuts or their chances to play during the international period. And Lencer used to use it really well to kind of blood an entire second string of players and get them experience winning. But I don't think they ever got that much experience winning in Europe. Like that's that's a huge scalp to take for some of those players. And they're not gonna care what players they were playing against. They beat wasps in wasps, so it's a fair play to them. And congratulations but like you said like a team that has Conway Chris Farrell Delande Earls Carberry Murray Kilcoin Byrne, Peter Romani, like Hodnett, like they're, they're not they're, they're not that weak like I, I'd be scared of that team if it was coming to the sports ground.
0: yeah even like John Hodnett, who's still very young but really good player like it's been well yeah. documented how potentially he uh, how uh, much
1: potential I mean, he has himself o- Salanoa. Were at uh, they were out for a good while though, in Paris and Farrell as well. So you give them that, but I uh, still, if that team showed up at the sports ground, I would not be confident.
0: No, Uh the likes of Daniel uh, O'Keke oh, are my president, yeah, right? Okeke. O'Keke, yeah, uh, oh. serious athlete Scott Buckley at Hooker,
1: yeah, he get my match as well, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah, did. He, yeah. In Paris, like playing the front row, being inexperienced anywhere on the pitch is difficult, but being inexperienced on the front row, like, you, I don't know how anyone does that's Fair play to him, like, but uh Daniel O'Keke, like, he looks. He looks very like a kind of Jack Conan style eight, as opposed to maybe a CJ style eight, which is probably the way that the Irish you know, selectors and the Irish teams would want to go. Is He looks like an athlete. He looks like he's not afraid to give a step and try and outrun someone instead of just running over them. He was, obviously, he was obviously nervous. He was probably the one that showed the nerves the most, really, but he also showed what he has, which is athleticism, power. More of him now, hopefully, is not in the sports ground playing against us, but... He's going to be, he's going to be a serious asset to Ireland Irish rugby because he looks, he looked like a real player. Yeah, I'm
0: interested to see as well um, if, if Noah gets some consistent game time because um, I think you know how how unhappy Leinster were to lose him. I think is obviously a fantastic statement of how good he could be. So, um, but like it's it's good for like Munster's academy. Has often been um, kind of. Uh, put down for not producing enough kind of players of certain levels but it's been a great advertisement for it yesterday so uh, a great win nonetheless and th-
1: th- you know they move on Um will they have their players back for next week i don't know exactly because i was listening to the radio earlier on they were kind of saying that there's there could be some back but i think some are still isolating because if you're close contacts or if you're if you you have it obviously you won't be so you might see a reintroduction of some of them but uh No, definitely not. But what I do think as well is you saw a couple of the young lads, you saw some poor decision making, like the Carberry decision that led to their try was that was silly decision making. I think that they were getting a little bit overexcited because of the manner in which some of the young lads have been playing. But I think it brought up a couple of the other ones like Peter O'Mahony. That was probably the best game I'd seen him in so long uh, we'll move on to uh, leinster uh
0: they got a 45 points to 20 point win over bath rugby um pretty as we expected i think but th- the main thing i took was a lot of Leinster fans not overly happy with the performance of of leinster and um, which is amazing to say when you win by 25 points over bath and um, but is it just uh, are for leinster fans expectations too high i know winning obviously is the main thing but obviously playing to a certain performance as well when you're that good and that stacked of a team but at the end of the day winning's winning
1: yeah and winning by that much in europe is winning by that much in europe i think that their expectations probably are a little too high they've given themselves you know they've given themselves such high expectations they've given themselves essentially unbeaten seasons after unbeaten season in the pro 14 pro 12 you know winning at countless times winning europe a good few times and i think that they're kind of their expectations are at a high because I do think that they're nervous about when they're not playing a Bath, when they're playing a La Rochelle or playing a Toulouse or whoever it's going to be, you know, even a Saracens or a Leicester at the moment. I think that they they, they figure they have to be playing at 100% in order to beat those teams. And when they see them not beaten or not playing that way against like a Bath team, maybe it is a bit uh, downing for them. Uh, from my point of view, if we beat anyone 45-20, I'd be happy out. Uh, and I don't think that there was much wrong with that Leicester performance. I think maybe they just didn't fire as well as they have done in the past and I don't think Ross Byrne was massively impressive I think he was typical kind of Ross Byrne he just ticked over quite nicely I thought Frawley was really really good um, I thought Porter was uh, very good again I think he's Porter's definitely got his eyes on you know starting as much as possible and really tying down that one spot and then you know, Van der Fleer was just yet again a freak of nature like he's he's the most improved player I can think of at the moment because he was always good but I think he's gone up to another level like I think he's he's getting up there to being just completely undroppable for Leinster and Ireland uh, and you know in the past you would have said oh Van der Fleer, very good player but now you're just saying Van der one of the best in the he's world He's really like
0: moment. he's almost it's almost like when they when they found out CJ was ret- retiring they were like the, Van der Fleer being like you need to start carrying like an absolute monster and he's it, the speed he generates uh, like that quickly to, to take the ball on into into contact He's an absolute bowling ball, and like he's a, a wrecking machine. He, like he's so powerful. now yeah, and- Um. I don't know if he's gained a lot of muscle. I, I maybe he has a little bit, but I think it's just the generating of the power from his the run up is, is incredible. And he, yeah, he is he's undroppable to me in that seven jersey. And it's like, like do, I keep forgetting Will Connors exists, and I'm like, Will Connors was so good for like a couple of months period with Ireland and Leinster, and then like the but you have Van der Flair there who's better it's it's sick depth
1: yeah and then if you want to talk about who you think, think the bowling ball would be like Reece Ruddock is on the pitch as well and he's a serious carrier Baird is an an athletic freak but you know, even Doris is, a, Doris is a great carrier so you're looking at you know you're looking at like Max Deegan on the bench there and from a Connick point of view I'm kind of thinking could use you now out west like yeah like they have Conan to come back so I think uh, for them that's like that's they've such a wealth of riches and with the less games in the URC it's going to be hard to, to all get their games but yeah, Van der Fleer is definitely the most undroppable of all of
0: them. There was a lot of uproar in the week about a certain ex Lancer player who I won't name uh, an article I think he, he produced saying that basically uh, Lancer are the best team in Europe at the moment Um I don't know how, you can first of all say that because a, we haven't, this is the first game in Europe <laughs> I don't know how you can say that before Europeans as started but uh, do you think they're good enough to go all the way this year or do you think they've improved enough from last year or changed enough from last year?
1: No, I don't know if they've improved now to be perfectly honest, uh, I think that there's definitely the makings of the best team in Europe there if they want to be that way, the only thing that could stop them maybe is another team with a Will Skelton because the only part of their entire team I think that they do falter on is just having a fuck-off big second row. Uh, I think you've got Baird, who is, you know, he's an, an absolute animal athlete, can do whatever he wants. Ross Maloney, who's acquired a lot of provincial-level caps, but I don't think is much more than, like, a provincial-level stalwart. But, you know, the likes of, say, an Evan FNF, if they were available, would just do wonders for that Leinster team because it would make them as competitive in Europe as they want to be. And that's probably why I think that some of them were down on the performance of the weekend is because I think they want to be really just dominating every game until you get to such a point you're in a semi-final or a final against a team like a Leicester or Saracons, a Toulouse or a, a, a La Rochelle or someone like that. And then then you get tested. And I don't think they want to be tested before that position. So that's probably where it falls down. But other than that, you know, one to twenty-three, one to fifty-seven, whatever it is, Leinster are just so stacked with players. Like you look at the bench there, Keen Healy, Alatowa, Dan Sheehan, like that—that's enviable for any other team in Europe. So I don't know, like the envi- really enviable for an it. international side.
0: <laughs> Never mind, no, absolutely,
1: Klo. yeah. But then you look at like the second row option coming off the bench and is Deb Toner, who I don't think is like, going to add anything to you in a European semi-final if you need to bring someone off the bench to shore it up or to do anything other than winning a line out or two. Like, I really don't rate him at all anymore. I didn't rate him too highly before the last two or three years either. But, you know, your second row option, that's probably the only weak point in their entire team. They probably may- maybe haven't replaced Fardy. Uh, and even then, he probably wasn't that style of player. You know, you're, looking at, you're looking at maybe bringing in someone like a John Klein does for Munster or uh, what we hope Level is going to do, Leva Fafida is going to do for us is just give that massive bulk in the tight head uh, second row position.
0: Yeah, I think th- when I phrase the question, they're definitely talented enough. We all know that. But th- the the blueprint is out there for how to beat them. And as you said, have they addressed that? Uh, I don't think so. It might, no, it might, on the day, they can still beat anyone. Uh, and and hammer anyone, but uh, we yeah as you say when the likes of Shell uh, comes to town or even like an Exeter or Toulouse, um that's when we'll find out if they if they have if they have changed or improved. But they're yeah they're gonna they're gonna walk through the the group stage anyway as they always do. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. But I think we'll wrap it up there, Sam. Uh, we covered all the kind of four teams. Um. Uh, thanks, everyone, as you said, for listening. Uh, again thanks everyone on the Big Papa podcast Uh, I've gotten plenty of remarks and Messages saying that people enjoy it, which is great. That's why we do podcasts uh, for people to enjoy. Got it
1: right up in the mainstream media. That was yeah, pretty
0: sweet. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit of a, a cheated way to do it, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let the truth get in in, in the way of a good story, Sam. You know, uh,
1: that's the second time because I think your uh, our Niall Murray interview was featured in like the Roscommon, Roscommon Herald or Roscommon yeah. People, <laughs> which so, is, uh,
0: which is main that was mainstream. That was big.
1: We're making waves in the the
0: mainstream oh, media. Making media. bank as well, Sam. I'm minted. I'm gonna buy a Ferrari. Tell you
1: that. When are me and Westy getting an haircut haircut now? Uh, hey.
0: You will get it. Uh, it's all tax. Just gets taxed, man. Sorry, you know. It's a,
1: West, Westy needs a haircut, man. You gotta give him the money.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the only reason he's not getting the haircut. He's looking. <laughs> he's waiting. Uh no, we're gonna we're gonna do a live stream when when Westy does cut the hair. Uh might raise some
1: money for charity or something. We have to get a guest barber. Big papa was saying he was a good barber. We'd try would try get him involved in cutting Westy's hair. Yeah, I think that would that would the fans would love it. The fans would love it. I think he's the only person in the world now Westy would let like go at him with a one blade, like I think Westy would (laughs) let that man do anything
0: to him. Uh never mind just cut his hair. Uh, but look, we'll wrap up there, Sam, as always. We'll be back next week to hopefully discuss uh, a fantastic win away in England. Uh, but until then, we appreciate you, Sam, coming on as always, and we'll chat to you next week. Bye.